My loves, I am so happy and so pleased to announce that this episode is brought to you by my very own company, Savage Chocolates, which is all about cultivating a more loving relationship to your body and to food. You know, we don't really believe in guilty pleasure. We just believe in pleasure done well. And have you ever had that uh, candy bar or a thing of ice cream and you eat it and you're like, wait, I don't, I don't remember eating that. (laughs) Wait, where'd that go? (laughs) Well, that's why I created Savage Chocolates because I know the importance of pleasure. And I think that we don't slow down enough to actually experience it. And so... If you are wanting to eat mindfully, if you are wanting to be reminded of how to actually experience your pleasure, then please go to www.savagelosangeles.com to order your goods. All right, you guys, let's get to it. Scott, I want to hear more about the headache situation. So I had something called cluster headache. which as I did research, because it was so overwhelming, I got it when I was 26 years old. It was so overwhelming that uh, I thought I was going to die. It went from, I thought I was going to die to please don't die to please kill me. And it went there. It went, it went pretty fast from, from one side to the other. It kind of felt like, it kind of felt like uh, some variation of brain freeze, but like ramped up on steroids to a really umph degree. But then it was hot and it felt like a, like a, like a nail in my eye. It was awful. It was brutal. And um, is there a reason for that? I mean, like, do people get those from something specific or. I think there, I think for most people, there's a perfect storm of both parents having some sort of headache condition, some, some, something there. Got it. So I went through uh, the way they work is you get them for a certain amount of time and then they just disappear. But then in the meantime, I developed, which was probably psychosomatic and I don't know the answer if it can be, but I developed a pretty bad chronic migraine condition too. (laughs) So I, I was in a state of pretty significant pain for um, 15 years. And I was, I, was, I was addicted to pain pills. No one really knew. Um, I was taking, I don't know, maybe 15 pain pills a day. Kind of thing. Oh, shit, Scott. Somewhere between eight, eight and 15. Yeah, and they were like barbiturate pain pills. And I was taking shots and I had oxygen tanks. And I was drinking a lot of alcohol. I was drinking Red Bulls like they were going out of style. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I was in it. It was like uppers, downers, uppers, downers, uppers, downers. <laughs> yeah, because the Red Bulls would the Red Bulls would um, abort the headache. But then like the come down from the Red Bulls was a thing. And then there was the coffee. I mean, it was all of it. I was in the car business. I was I was a um, like a really high functioning car salesman i was selling you know between 50 and 100 cars every month and that's insane yeah it was a it was a <laughs> lot so i was really just high stress high anxiety high pressure high pain um high victim got married uh when i was like 30 something uh had a couple kids that marriage was toxic by all accounts um 
I learned a lot from that. Yeah. And then while I was in the marriage, while I was in the, uh, the, the marriage, I, um, I ended up getting into psychedelic work. Um, I want to hear about that. Well, I had done a bunch of research about my headaches and, uh, it turned out that psychedelics was the only thing that had ever been proven to break the cycle of the cluster headache. Wow. Any specific type of psychedelic? Uh, they had studied uh, LSD and they had studied psilocybin. And both had been uh, moderately to more uh, successful with the, with the abortion of a headache cycle. So you could be in the middle of the 12-week cycle, we'll call it, a week in, you take a, a dose of, of mushrooms and it can just and stop it in its tracks. Wow. Um, so I was like, well, I need to be a part of that. So I had met someone at a, at a party for one of my kids and they introduced me to a facilitator and uh, I ended up starting that work and my life changed pretty instantly. Uh, from that. Yeah. I started to really study the human condition from that, from there, from then on. Um, I got into a more healthy relationship with myself. I was still being extremely destructive. I mean, I was really destructive. Um, but I started reading and I started, you know, listening to, to people, to talks about the human condition. I started discovering, people. I started having a relationship with source. I started really caring. Who were some of your teachers? Who were some of the like people you were reading? What was that about? Um, I start, it was a lot of elders. I started reading, um, they were audiobooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear, everybody. Audio, audio version. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know the, the, the time stamp on it all, but there was Alison Armstrong that was super helpful. Um, there was a woman named Pat Allen that was super helpful. Dr. Pat Allen. Yes. Um, Sadhguru was super helpful for me. Cool. Um, who else has been Abraham or Esther Hicks was, Mm -hmm. has been super helpful. So, but, but I wasn't really learning that I learned a lot from Alison Armstrong. I really credit her with, with, with teaching me a lot about relationship and about the male condition and the, and the, or the, the masculine condition and the feminine condition. And, um, she used different words to describe it, but, um, conscious and unconscious behaviors. Like patterns. Yeah. And she described it as the human animal and the human spirit. Hmm. conscious being the human spirit and unconscious being the human animal and the human animal really um, being in, in an aggressive state, being in a survival state. And, and that sent me down a whole consciousness thing. I started doing TM. I met, I met my wife, uh, Deanna at a psychedelic ceremony. Mm -hmm. Um, And she'll tell you the story, which, silly from her for me it doesn't sound quite as silly but i was going through how i was going to leave this toxic marriage Mm. and um she my wife has very little room for victim and i was in a i was very victim at the time i felt like every i felt like i felt like the world was doing me and life was doing me instead of me doing life 
and it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't good so she pretty well just kind of smacked me in the head and she's like hey you know how long are you gonna play this victim card uh when are you gonna do something about the problem why don't you just just start to start you know start put one foot in front of the other and let's let's just get on with it um she's such a badass like that she's just like yep we're just gonna mm, go right to it yeah um and so um we then got to the next ceremony or there was some things there were I, i was separating from my wife and we got to the next ceremony and we ended up connecting in a pretty crazy crazy cosmic way and have really been together ever since we have a child together and you know that's she i mean she's one of she's definitely one of if not the greatest teacher that i have for sure um while she challenges me constantly and when i want to solve things in the 3d world she doesn't let me because she doesn't believe that things get solved there and you know um well she's so like she's so opposite of you you know like you were saying earlier how you struggle with like the feminine like she is the embodiment of the feminine (laughs) yes like the quintessential yes and very powerful in that space and so i and so you know i still struggle with with trusting that i get Mm -hmm. super prickly i become a porcupine and you know I'll, i'll i'll push her away sometimes and and she you know, she doesn't, again, she doesn't tolerate it. So, uh, fantastic. It's yeah, it's great. It's great for me to, to work through that. And also, you know, I have a way of taking things from my world and using them to help other people in their world. Um, yeah, yeah. so I, I have a strange connection to, you know, something happens to me in the morning and I have two sessions in the afternoon and they just both happen to be going through the thing that happened to me that morning. Yeah. Christ. It happens quite often to me. Yeah. So, uh, I, I left the car, uh, I left the car dealership at the beginning of last year during COVID, uh, continue to help my old clients, but really started focusing on helping people, um, find self-realization find the part that they play in relationship. Uh, and that's relationship to all things. That's not just relationship to a significant, that's relationship to people, that's relationship to source, that's relationship to actions, to reactions um, in business. It really, it's really a fairly universal thing. What happens somewhere happens everywhere. So the way we do everything, the way we do everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much, you know, I'm sure I left out a lot of things, but that covers a lot of it. No, I think that makes perfect sense. I love it. The, um, the journey with psychedelics, with the headaches, with the marriage, with everything. It's a lot of mess that you've. Oh, and the headaches are gone. And the headaches are gone. The headaches have been gone for four and a half years. Damn. Which I can't, I can't really describe like how crazy that is. In the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really, really grateful because you have important things to do and share. Mm-hmm. And I think being in that much chaos, it's like, I, I've, I know the, 
kind of older iteration of you constantly needed something to push up against. And I feel like that was probably like the, the zenith of that, like the highest point of like, we're just going to smash your head, <laughs> like something to push up against in life. Like you really had like a physical representation of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so very glad. much so. I'm so, so glad that that's not necessarily what's going on anymore. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it, it's, and then there's this whole like trusting this new peace thing. Like, like, so now I feel, I feel like I'm at peace and I, and I feel so, I mean, it's such a difference and it's in such a short amount of time relatively. It's, you know, it's been three years since I really, four years since I really started making a a drastic change and started really focusing on meditating and focusing on source and focusing on relationship and my part and really focusing. Mm -hmm. And you know, as everything is changing and everything is changing and I'm becoming more willing. I mean, it's it, it like I wait, some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I can't even, I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe that, that life is that I thought life was that and life is this. Right. Well, you and I were talking about this the other day, like the discomfort of being comfortable right? Like your life got more comfortable in, in many aspects, like out of physical pain, like out of a toxic relationship, out of a job that you hate, but also like sitting in that is like, wait, I'm not used. I'm not used to that. Like it's almost uncomfortable to be comfortable. Do you feel like that? Super uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's like, first of all, I also stopped drinking, smoking, drinking Red Bull, taking pills, and all the other shit, like there's, there's, it's all gone. Um, I still do psychedelics, but I feel like that's a, I, we could get into that later. Um, that's like, that's a whole, again, it's, some things make you remember and some things make you forget, right? Like psychedelics yeah. make you remember. It's like, hold on. Yeah. And, yeah. And one, and one really feels like a running towards something and the other thing is sort of running away from something. And, yes, you know, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of pattern there. Um, but I think that's the, that's the thing that feels weird is all these things that were pattern that were really how I operated for so long that like I, at five o'clock or at six o'clock or whatever it was, I did this and I'm such a creature of habit that in changing the habit, uh, it feels uncomfortable, but I've had, I've become, I've become more willing to be welcoming to the discomfort. Welcoming in the unwelcome. Yeah. How, how do you do that? Um, you know, I've, I've changed my relationship to myself and I've, 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 I've developed a relationship to the ethereal me the non 3d world me um, and, and started to really have faith in that and started to really understand that more and more. And it's a, I think it's something that I'll probably be developing for the rest of my life. I don't think it's masterable mm-hmm. uh, unless I wanted to go be a monk somewhere, which I don't, but also oh, you'd make a fierce see, monk. You'd make right? a fierce monk. I look like a monk. You do a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um and i've learned how to slow down like when 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 my nervous system starts speeding up i've learned how i've learned how to slow it down and there's you know there's techniques that i that i teach people just simple 
simple techniques, simple metaphors, simple visualizations um, that I just, I use on myself that I'll just come up with. And then, you know, it could be as simple as putting your hands on your chest and feeling you with yourself. Something that we do that right now. Yeah. Something that'll bound you to, it'll bind you to yourself and make you feel like you're giving yourself a hug and that you, Mm -hmm. um, you feel cared for when, when you're, when you have your hands on your chest. Yeah. Also you doing it to yourself. Um, it can help you put down the armor. Um, we've all, we all, we all spend a lot of our time, uh, uh, manufacturing armor to protect us. But, uh, but also, you know, as we build walls, you know, we're also not letting the good in. We're not letting anything in. If you're not letting anything in, you're not letting the good in as well. So, so changing the concept of walls into boundaries, into ways to find the door. This leads you towards a door so that you, so that you can be responsible for the things that you let in so that you can intentionally let in the things that serve the story that you want your life to be. So to rewrite your future. Um, so. God, that's I, so important. That's it's it, like floodgates, you know, it's like, if you're open, then it's floodgates versus like, okay, I'm open, but I have boundaries and I know where I stop and you start. That's such a distinction yeah. that we're not. Somebody, somebody, somebody said it once, like, like you can't drink water out of a fire hose. Right. You know, that image is so good. <laughs> right. Someone said that to me. I don't remember who it was. It might've been Sean. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, if, if I was to break down really what it is that I do, it's, is that I give people an understanding of how to connect with presence with this exact moment. Um, I think it's clear to me and people haven't necessarily thought about it, how anxiety, especially where we happen to live, anxiety of a future, of what it's going to look like tomorrow, a a day from now, a month from now, is a very real controller of of many of our lives. Um, There's nothing you can do about tomorrow. Tomorrow's just going to happen. And the other thing that happens is a depression with regards to looking back at failure, at perceived failures or perceived uh, inequities. Uh, that's, you know, where the victim thing come, really comes from is, is from the past. Mm. Um, and so the front facing thing is really a hallucination and the back facing thing is dead space. And so the, so really we're the spending only, a lot of time there. <laughs> A lot of time in dead space. Right. Uh, the only thing that really matters is the awareness of the exact moment that you're occupying right now. And it's not a measurable amount of time because it's, a, it's, an, it's instantaneous, like the wind on your face. However, the more time that you spend in awareness to that space and the more time you spend almost in reverence to that space, uh, the more full expression you can have with yourself. I, I have this image, you just brought up an image, um, the day before my mom died, Mm -hmm. she wanted to be outside. 
Mm-hmm. And it was early in the morning and no one else was awake. So I, she, she walked every single day she was alive. She, um, there was never a day where she couldn't walk or couldn't get, like, get out of bed, but it was hard. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to try to get you down the stairs. How about I just put you by the window and I'll open the window and, um, and it'll be kind of like being outside and I'll go make you coffee and it'll be really nice. And it's like an image that I meditate on now of her sitting by the window with the, with the breeze on her face. And it was like, I've never seen her more alive. I've never seen her more present. I've never seen her more embodied than just sitting there with the breeze on her face. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're always like, you know, God, fuck. I'm like the queen of go, go, go. Like the queen of runaway, you know, <laughs> like I'm so good at it. Yeah. Um, which is part of why I teach it. <laughs> right. Well, you have a very, you have, you have one of the best hiding places there is. Totally. Because, because you hide in teaching people not to hide. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you, you know, you're such a brilliant teacher and you're so good at, at cheering people along in their, in their growth and in their, uh, in their experience of life. And you're so good at, at making people feel really good about themselves and, and accepting themselves and, and stopping the apologies for being themselves and all the things, um, you know, and, and, and my reflection is that I see, I see, you know, a good portion of it is so that you don't have to get fully present with your shit. Totally. Um, the thing is, Alexa, if you're fully present, there is no shit. There's only the presence. There's only right. the moment. <laughs> right. No, no, you're shit. exactly. You're ex- And I have moments of that. And I'm like, oh, but pattern, pattern, pattern. Right. Right. So, so for you, I would, I would tell you, you know, some, just create some real touchstones to, to, to bring you back into now, to suck you back into now. It could be chanting. It could be meditating. It could be your hands on your chest. It could be, my name's Alexa. I live in Los Angeles. It's Tuesday. There's six trees around me and you just, boom, I'm here. Drop in. So I'm self, I'm aware of this moment. I'm myself. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm the universe having a human experience and I'm here. Yes. And the more of a relationship and tethered you are to that, the less you're, de- the less shit there is to deal with. And then from there, we can start to feel, we can start to intentionally feel how we want it to feel. Right. Right. So then we can start thinking about, okay, so I want a relationship. Okay. That's great. Wonderful. It's all relationships are just projections of you. Great. Um, how do you want that to feel? Right. Really? How do you want it to feel? Like, Mm. like get super specific. Yeah. Um, I want, I want my relationship to feel expansive I want it to feel easy. I want it to feel authentic. I want it to feel um, connected. I want it to feel sexy. I want it to feel powerful. Now close your eyes. 
and feel that for just a second. Feel what expansive, feel what sexy, feel it in your belly. Take a deep breath and relax into your body. Feel what that ease feels like, the intimacy. Now take another deep breath. And when you open your eyes, tell me what that felt like in your belly. Tingly. Okay. So now you've seen the mountaintop. Now you just need to keep feeling what the mountaintop feels like. Whenever you, when you wake up in the morning and you're getting out of bed, go get tingly. It's like putting your toe in freezing cold water. At the beginning, it's going to be a little jarring. It's new. It's dip. Put your toe in that same cold water five minutes from now. It's a little easier. We're getting a little more accustomed to it. Yes. Put it in there five minutes after that. Yeah, whatever. This feels pretty familiar. It feels kind of okay. Yeah. And so now, so now you're not gonna you're not gonna recoil as much when it's shown to you, and you're gonna have a fam- familiarity to the tingle when. And so when it shows up, you're gonna. That's the one. That's coming from from the truest me. Yes. And so, so while manifesting is a real thing, also the familiarity with what you want and what your what your what your higher you wants uh, allows for that to come to you. So real, because so, what I'm what I'm familiar with is not that. <laughs> also, what you're familiar with not being that is going to present to you more of what you're familiar with. Right. It, what you're familiar with doesn't necessarily mean what serves the story you want to live by. Exactly. Yeah. You see? Completely. Yeah. It's again, it goes back to that comfortable being uncomfortable thing. It's like me being uncomfortable is really comfortable for me in many aspects of my life, including relationship. Yeah. Like feeling forsaken is like comfortable. <laughs> It's crazy town. So tell me, tell me how that, tell me how that feels, that feels in your, in your body. It feels victimy and it feels heavy. Okay. So. And it feels young. Like it feels very infantilized. Like how could you, like, why would you do that to me? Like I'm smart, like pouty. Mm -hmm. Like it's this like five-year-old that's like, (laughs) How like why wouldn't you choose me? And it's just, like weird victimy thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you if you had to describe the feeling in your belly with uh, with an actual feeling, it feels like a heaviness. Okay, now now take the heaviness. Like, like the bottom dropped out. Like <laughs> take the heaviness. Go go back. Close your eyes. Take the heaviness. Now replace it with the tingle. Yeah. So from from the, from that space, you have you have an in, an intentionality, and you're starting to live your life, and you're starting to tell your story, the story that you want to tell to yourself, not the story that you unconsciously or even compulsively tell yourself. Right. The stories that were like imprinted, tattooed on our brain before we even had the choice. So I actually. I actually call that your relationship accent. So 
when you were born, as if you were born in Australia, you learned to speak with an accent to us. Well, it's the same with how you learn to relate. You learn to relate before you had a choice of how you were going to relate. You learn to relate. Your unconscious way of relating was, was modeled to you by your parents, by their relationship to each other, to, to themselves, to the universe, to, to stress, to anxiety. And then that is fed to you before you ever have a choice. That's your amazing. Act. It's amazing that any of us connect. <laughs> it's a right. fucking miracle. Right. So, so here's the deal. So let's just say, let's just say you're an actor and you need to learn a different accent. Okay. You need to study. You need to learn the different ways to say different words. You need to learn how to communicate with people authentically sounding with, with a new way. And, and then you need to learn how to use it in a fight, so to speak. You need to learn how to use it when shit gets real. And wow. so, and so your relationship to yourself has this same accent that you now have to take control over. You now don't fall into the unconsciousness of the accent. Right. You see? Coffin, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's super legit that is yeah. like that's incredible and you're so right like after a while that accent just be, you know it's like why people move to london and all of a sudden they like have an accent once they move there it's not because they're like assholes like they're just around it and that's their new normal and they're immersed in a different way of being exactly and it's the same thing with what we can do with instead of having the armor up having the armor down with boundaries or instead of attracting this, attracting that, that that's yeah. dope. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, for you, you've, you've been through, look, you've been through a lot and you've been through a lot lately and you've been through uh, and you've done it with a, an incredible amount of grace. Um, and you also blow a lot of smoke off of yourself by, by leading with it and yeah um i think that this quiet i think that the hands on the chest just that and the feeling of you embracing yourself um when you were talking about when you were talking about like oh you can do it like this or this or this or this that was the one i was like that would be mine yeah well i think you know man how many of us are looking for a hug especially these days (sighs) Dude, you know? I'm quarantined by myself. I have a French yeah. bulldog who snores like a motherfucker, but like a motherfucker that thing. <laughs> Dude, he's so loud today too. He's it's so like... loud. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so cute. Yeah. So, so cute. So the thing he is really cute. So the <laughs> thing is, is that the what you seek, which is this, which is this intimacy, which you're clearly you can give it to yourself. And familiarize yourself with it. You totally can give it to yourself. Um, you know, the, the word that always comes to mind, and, and you know, if, if, you, if you or anybody ever works with me, the word fulfillment is always, is always going to be a big one. Because, um, geez, a long time ago, I was listening to, uh, to a, uh, a TM teacher 
and he was talking about fulfillment and, and how, and this really, really rung true to me, how people spend their lives collecting shit, collecting people, collecting so that they can feel fulfillment or fulfilled. Mm. And when we get it right, it's when we go, when we become fulfillment, when we start bringing that with us, when we stop looking to bring things in to become it and we become it and then give it away. Mm. And the more of a relationship we have to ourselves um, with the understanding that if we go seek out source, we find ourselves. And if we go seek out ourselves, we find source we can then become, we can go from being in the uh, import business to then being in the export business. And then mm. you, and then you start bringing that with you. That was really beautifully said. Yeah. Got to import first though. You, well, you got, you, you have, it's not, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. Cause it, you, I don't know if you have to import it. I feel like you have to cultivate it. You have to, it's like you putting have to, it in. You have to plant the seeds and then you have to, um, and then you have to nurture the seeds, and you have to give it enough sunlight, and you have to give it care, and you have to sing to it, and you have to play with it, dance with it, and all the things. And then this beautiful tree is going to grow, and eventually the tree that grows is going to break down the bullshit and take over. And now you're, and now you can take this beautiful tree with you. Do you feel like we have to have our shit together before we get into partnerships, like? in that way. I think you have to understand that your partnership will be a reflection of where you're at while you're in it. If you're Boom. in an abusive relationship, that will be because you abuse yourself. If you're in a, a, a bully victim relationship, you need to look at where the bully lives inside of you. Um, if you're in a bully victim relationship, I can promise you that in some parts of the relationship, you're the victim, but in others, you're the bully. Totally. God, that's so um, good. Yeah. So, so I think that any relationship, a relationship is not going to solve your problems. No, <laughs> no. A relationship no. is going to, you know, you, you both you. have to be whole. Yeah. You both yeah. got to be whole. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Mirrors, mirrors, mirrors everywhere. It's a house of goddamn mirrors, Kaufman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. It what is. would you say to people who want to be in partnership, but are struggling to make that a thing? I think, I think it really goes to looking inward. I think it goes to connecting to how it's, how it's going to feel past tense. Once you're in the relationship, mm -hmm. um, I think a really good practice of either meditation, um, a walking, being being in solitude i think that um silence is is an incredible tool to cultivating a relationship i think that learning how to be quiet with yourself uh, allows you to bring up the programs that serve you which includes relationship i think that um i think that learning how to be really kind to yourself i think that people are super impatient with themselves and i think that again, as, as how you relate to yourself is how you're going to relate to a partner. I think that kindness is something that maybe is a little overlooked and a little underutilized. Uh, I have a lot of, 
I have a few couples that I work with that, that I have to repeatedly say, um, is this how you would treat a friend? Mm. Would you treat a friend the way you treat this person? Would you treat a friend the way you treat yourself? Right. And, and, and so many times the answer is no. Of course. Um, so I think, I think it, I think it starts with, with a real relationship to yourself, take yourself out on a date, uh, make yourself feel if you're, you know, make yourself feel uh, accepted, pretty, loved. Um, I think it's men are looking mostly to be accepted. Now, accepted having two meanings. One, to be accepted for who they are, but one, to be accepted into the feminine. Ah. Um, I think that I think that uh, while women, for obvious reasons, want to be adored and revered and and um, honored in a certain way, I think that men, it's it's not just accepted as a man. It's it's equally accepted into the feminine. I think that men, especially in today's world, are having a hard time with the feminine. You know, with the Me Too thing. They don't know where they where they land. Yeah, we you know men were raised thinking something that's different than it is now. Um, I think that there's so much there's so many great conversations that you and I could have one you know from the masculine side and the feminine side to discuss where the lines are. Right, but I, I think we're all still making them up in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, but I think that there are people that are being punished for things that happened before these rules were made. Right. Men and women. Uh, I think we need to be really mindful of, of, of that because it's, it's, it could end up backfiring where, where people don't feel safe to be themselves in relationship. Right. Because they don't know they're, 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 there's doubt. Well, I think just, you know, again, like you're talking about this kind of communication around it, like, is this okay? Is this not okay? It's so, it's so tricky. It's so, um, you're right. Like we, there are just blurred lines. Like people don't know what can be said, what can be done. It's, it's kind of like, um, it's like so hideous, but it's kind of like, you know, now that marijuana is legal, like you look at all those people that were selling it for decades and are still in prison for something that now like white people are making millions and millions and millions of dollars off of, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a lot of damage that's done. It's, the it's really change. tricky. It's, it's really, really tricky. it's a really tricky. Yeah. It's really tricky. It's, you know, the moral line moves as evolution moves you know, right. evolution goes from less sophisticated to more sophisticated in the grand arc of it. Right. You know, there's setbacks, but if you look at an arc, like kind of like a stock market, it always heads north. Right. Eventually, eventually it goes north. Um, it's the same thing with, with evolution. And, and we, yes, we do need to be mindful of people that, you know, yes, it was illegal while it happened, but we're here now. 
Yeah. And I guess that goes back to kind of like the power of forgiveness and the power of compassion and the power of like, well, when you know better, you do better. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's Hugo is amazing. I heard that. <laughs> that was not me farting, ladies and gentlemen, that was my dog. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like that power of like, wow, just doing the best we can. We're moving through. Yeah, it's <laughs> that dog is something else. He moved back. Like I literally put him over there and he moved back. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty you're likable. Uh, he likes my vibe. <laughs> he likes your vibe. He uh yes, I mean there's compassion, there has to be accountability. I, I think that, yeah, I, but I think there can be accountability with compassion. Agreed. I think you can have both. They can absolutely coexist. And I think they should. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, comfort in the uh, <clears throat> making people wrong. I think it's really easy to make people wrong. Um well, I feel like that anger, resentment, blame thing is actually a lot easier than actually looking at like what's underneath that. Like anytime we're in that blame game, it's like, well, what's underneath the blame? Oh, it's probably like grief or probably like sadness or fear. Well, if you're get, if you want to, I mean, if you, if you really want to find some peace fast, take your anxiety, take your anger take your uh quick wit take your um and really sit with it and then trace it back to the primary feeling that you're you're feeling which is going to be which is going to be not that because those are those would be linked to fear sadness um uh and so sit with the fear and the sadness and, and, and lean into it. Right. Cause in, in all silence. that, it's like, those are the bodyguards. Yeah. That's like the armor. Anger. Yeah. That's the, the armor. armor. That's those, that's, those are, those are the bricks in the wall that, that, that anger. And that's, and that, uh, you, you know, the, the quick wit is the one that, the one that I, that the one that I teach a lot to couples who are both really smart. Um, when you have people who, yeah, they love to banter off each other because it's really sexy in the beginning. Uh, those, um, those wits become wolves and, and one, one takes a swipe at the other. And if you connect and get a little neck wound, um, it stops being fun. Fast. Real fast. Real fast. I've been in, I've been in that for sure, but it is, it's sexy at the, at the beginning. Yeah, as fast as you can transition from from the wit into into acceptance and kindness, the faster you can do that. If if it's somebody you're going to be in any kind of long term committed relationship with, uh, I would be very careful to yeah. to 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 move into the kindness because if you stay in the wit, I promise you, I promise you, one too many drinks, it's going to turn into a wolf and someone's going to get hurt. Boom. Yeah. It's going to happen. So real. So Mm -hmm. real. Um, I feel like you have so much insight on all of these relationship things. I feel like we have to have you back on because it's already been an hour. I don't know how that happened. 
Say um, well. And so where can we, where can we connect to you and how can we work with you one, like one-on-one or I know you'd also have a men's team. Um, how can we do that? I, I do. I have a men's team that I started with my wife's ex-husband who is my best friend story for another time. Um, that's something that's closed for now. However, if you want to get to me, you can go to, uh, the bridge dot L a is my website. I can be reached. And my email is Scott at the bridge dot L a. And then there's an Instagram that's the dot bridge or the bridge dot LA. I think it's the dot bridge dot LA. I'll confirm it and put it in the show notes. Cool. Scott, thank you for, do you, I feel like I want one more thing. Like, do you have anything else that you want to share with us today? Um, first of all, I want to apologize if I rambled because I, I'm a professional rambler. Uh, Um, but also I would say that's a no. Okay. Um, take a moment if you're listening to this, sit in a chair in silence, put your hands on your chest, breathe and think about the word fulfillment and how that word feels in your body. And from that word and from that feeling, be as kind to yourself as you can. We're living through crazy times. You know, we've got your back. All right, you guys, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen to this wisdom, to listen to uh, all this goodness. Um, Once again, gentle reminder to please check out savagelosangeles.com to learn more about my new company that I'm so proud of. I hope it inspires you to create and cultivate a life that you dig. Um, And also, if you are down and have, you know, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, then please, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Super easy. Just give it five stars. Maybe say a few kind words. And if you dug it, please share it with your friends. I would be over the moon with gratitude. Um, All right. You guys are the bee's knees. Much love. Stay savage. Stay savage.